The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. He's controversial. 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. He's outspoken. You will tell your kids and your grandkids and your great, great, grandkids. And he tells it like it is. That you watched a great athlete named the franchise. And he was the greatest world's heavyweight champion of all time. He is the franchise Shane Douglas. And you are listening to the Triple Threat Podcast. Prepare to get your ass franchised. Let's get it going right here, right now. This is the Triple Threat Podcast, and you are listening to episode 116 of the Triple Threat Podcast here on Vince Russo's The Brand. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner from the two-man power trip, the one and only JP John Paz, and somewhere remotely in the world, in the United States, in a in a uh, different location than normal, coming to you live, the one and only franchise, Shane Douglas. Shane, where the hell are you at tonight? I'm in beautiful outskirts of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, came up here tonight. Rhino had a show. Uh, Rhino, the, the final ECW champion and the original franchise uh, champion, uh, put it on, put on Extreme Rules match tonight at the... Uh, at the Knights of Columbus over in uh, uh, Allen Park and gave the fans a show that they, they'll remember through the holidays. So a night off with Rhino, uh, an easy yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Rhino, Rhino, a guy who, you know, obviously was just uh, just on TV, you know, with WWE up until the last couple of months. You know, really uh, that, that last, like, ECW, like, luminary on that main stage – the last ECW champion, so it's kind of funny you know, how it all worked out, but cool. Very nice. In Michigan tonight. Look at you. Yes, and look at live and in living color. You can actually see my head whenever I move and do all the stuff in my hands. Uh, <laughs> I think Detroit has a little bit better uh, infrastructure uh, on the uh, on the internet stuff than Pittsburgh does. Just don't push it. Don't well, push then again, it. Then again, I'm not, I'm not in the nuclear-proof franchise vault tonight, so that might mm. have something to do with it, too. Yeah, very true. JP, what's going on in the Jers tonight? How much? It is absolutely freezing yet again here in Jersey. I almost feel like I'm in Pittsburgh with this shitty weather <laughs> and all this other stuff going on. But I'm sure it's actually must be colder in Detroit, Michigan, in, in your little it's, layer over there. They had eight, nine inches of snow up here this week, and it's wonder wonderland up here. Slush Jesus. Yeah, a lot of fun to drive in. 
So is Rhino going to hit you with a gore like out of nowhere while we're recording this? Then wouldn't that be a nice little <laughs> added extra? Two in one night wouldn't be good. Oh my gosh! So what do you do as he's coming towards you? Do you just brace yourself and hope for the best uh, when you see that big Rhino head your way? <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> so it's like once you hit the mat, it's like ah, oh, okay, it's over now. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a big. Let me pull this rib out of my lung here, and uh, <laughs> we'll be continuing. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is a big episode here for the Triple Threat. We mentioned it last week, and not only are we on the, the brand as we usually are every single week, but we're also going to be back on the uh, the old two-man power trip uh, podcast feed for this special week because we have a very special partner coming on board with the two-man power trip and with the Triple Threat podcast of Harry's. The wonderful shave products, Harry's. Everybody knows Harry's. You've seen it in all major stores like Walmart and Target. And, yeah, as the franchise uh, touches that smooth baby skin that he's got there on the side of his face. Smooth as a baby's body. (laughs) We've got a really special deal headed your way in just a little bit, courtesy of Harry's. And I know we're all very excited about it. It's taken a couple months to get this all put together, but very happy and very ecstatic to have Harry's on board with us, Shane. Uh, in just a little bit, we're going to give them a little uh, a little inside deal, courtesy of the uh, the TTP. Yeah, and, and you know, to, to be fair and honest, uh, Harry's has been wonderful to work with so far. You know, they have, uh, everything you'd expect from a nationally recognized company, professional, uh, expedient, you know, ev- everything that you'd expect and hope for, you know, very unlike the wrestling business, right? You just, I, mm-hmm. yep. text in the mail. It's, here's the tracking number. Uh, uh, with Harry's, they've been phenomenal and, and every bit the pros that you'd expect them to be. And if you stay around a couple of weeks longer, we're going to shave JP bald on the whole top of his head, the beard, the rest of the hair. We're going to get rid of all of it and we're going to do it with Harry's. <laughs> As sharp as those dang things are, you could probably do it about two swipes. <laughs> <laughs> Done. It, it it is very cool to have three different styles of beard going on, though. You know, it, it, that's it's kind of funny that a uh, shaving spot. So we got three different styles of beard to to work on. So I like uh, like having Harry's in the frame. We'll get to that in just a, a couple of minutes here, but. You know, Shane, I mean, there's really, you know... There's, hold, on, there's... hold on, I'm presenting the franchise goatee here. It's, isn't this way to do it, like this kind of stuff? Yeah, you know, you got it very close to the to the face here. You got it very uh, very tight. It's I See, I like it like that. I like to get it like that. I'm a couple days in here in the middle. I like to lighten it, but you got you got what I like right now. Just, just a little bit and, and just smooth on the... Furry in the front, smooth on the side. <laughs> and John, how long have you gone? <laughs> many, many years. <laughs> you just got to tighten it up. That's it. Just tighten yep, it up the, the, the inside. Yep. And uh, we'll shave our we'll save our shaving tips for just a little while. But uh, really, just ecstatic again to have Harry's on board. But uh, just looking at the agenda here, you know, it's funny. We're in November, so you know, I think our brains are very accustomed to want to start talking about November to remember. Talk a little, you know, November rain, some Guns and Roses playing in the background, all you know, like uh, very very symbolic. But it seems like every time we try to move forward and start getting back into talking about the franchise, it's like all these other things pop up. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and really this is like the main topic of like all existence. And John, I, I get you in the fray here because you're the man on the street. You're the guy with the ear to the ground. But finally, we could stop asking, is CM Punk ever going to come back to 
wrestling. Is CM Punk ever going to be involved in some capacity with the WWE? Now, we talked about this a few weeks ago, if people remember. And we kind of alluded to it, it was going to happen, but it didn't happen yet. Well, after 49,000 viewers watched WWE backstage uh, the previous week, way after midnight, way into the wee hours of the morning, WWE backstage opened up the doors just randomly. Boom, here's CM Punk. He's back in the fray. John, I'll let you take it from here. <laughs> yeah, that was – I don't know. For whatever reason, I just thought that was a little odd, a little strange. Like possibly one of the biggest returns in a long time. He was gone for five years. You know, like you got to think of like the Bret Hart's of the world, the Goldbergs of the world, the Hogan's of the world, the Warriors of the world. Like Punk was right up there with this new generation of fans in this era. It's like one of those guys are like, wow, who would be the biggest name that you can get to return? And it would probably be CM Punk. Yet he returns on WB backstage on FS1, which is basically a show nobody watches or cares about. And he comes back and he makes his return. The only thing is he doesn't really work for WB, he works for Fox, but it's a shill show for WB. So he's going to have to kiss some WB ass, apparently. But I just thought that's so funny. Like, wow, they just hit the panic button. I know he tried out for the show and I guess they liked him, but it's one of those things like, oh, we got to hit the panic button. And I guess he got them over a hundred thousand viewers, but still, and 5 million on YouTube and all this other stuff. He's definitely helped the show, but it's one of those things. It's like, wow, that's kind of a wasted opportunity, wasted like pop. He basically had his music play, the cult of personality in this big, you know, pitch from Renee young to an empty studio and a hundred thousand people watching. And this is one of the biggest stars of the last you know, decade or so. Yeah. Crazy. You think, you think that was, uh, by mistake by Vince, or do you think that was very uh, oh, interesting? Very because if he would have come back on SmackDown or Raw, it clearly would have gotten a huge pop. Yep, uh, Punk is over big, plus, the fans are very well aware of the legit heat lawsuit that Punk had against WWE. So, it, that, that is something that any wise man in this business would have put on the main shows and pumped the hell out of it to draw those viewers up. I wonder if Fox executives are wondering why he didn't. Why didn't he on SmackDown on Fox Sports and, you know, give them some kind of a rating? Because it seems, you know, I've said a million times, I'll tell you a lot of things bad about Vince. I'll never say he's stupid. Uh, so this, to me, sounds like something very uh, intentional. Yeah, weird. Like, um, I, I know technically he's not working for WWE, he's working for Fox, and his agent had set it up weeks ago. He had a tryout, and they liked him, and they wanted to bring him on the show. It's just weird, though. This is like a nothing show that, you know, not really too many people care about. And I don't think WWE really cares about it. It's very fluff. It's it's shilling. It's, oh, The Miz just resigned for two years. You know, it's a bunch of like corny, corny stuff. And, now you get CM Punk on it, but like, what's the end game? What's the reason? Is he is this going to lead to his return? But you kind of ruined the return a little bit by just having him randomly show up on the show. Like, to, right, Shane? Am, am I crazy? Yeah. Or does that kind of kill his return pop when he actually does? Because I think he will return to the ring. Yeah, you know, it, it's you know, you can only make the surprise once, and when you now released it, and you know, the fans have circulated it online and stuff. So, you know, he'll still get a good pop the first time he's in a, in a full arena or a semi-full arena like they have now. Uh, <laughs> you know, he'll, he'll still get a good pop, and it'll create some buzz. But, you know, off the subject, just a little side note here. Uh, you know, I, I showed you guys some pictures earlier this week of, of different uh, venues 
that yeah. were taking during live shows. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see the, the buzz that's created online. You know, everybody, like, for instance, AEW, everybody talk about AEW online, <laughs> giving the impression that it's, it's right up there neck and neck with WWE and that kind of thing. Then you see these pictures of the venues that are literally 75, 80% empty. Uh, a, they must be canning in sound, which has always been done in wrestling in the old days. But, you know, it's it, clearly it's not nearly as over as you would think it is from the buzz online. So it's like a sleight of hand. You know, we'll get, you know, a few thousand people talking online. And it really gives the impression that everybody on, on the planet is talking about this. And yet they can't sell Peterson Event Center, I think, is a 7,000 seat venue, seven, 8,000. Uh, and it's considerably empty. Uh, so, you know, getting back to punk, the same type of thing. You know, if Vince has got buildings that are 50% full, 40% full, 60% full, and you bring punk out after that five-year hiatus and the lawsuit and the heat and the fans never thinking they're going to see punk back again, and here he is, you've deprived them, uh, the fans, you've deprived punk of getting the righteous pop that he should have been given. And you've let some of the secret out. You can only surprise them once. So the fans are now aware he's there. They'll pop again, you know, when he comes out. But I don't think it would have been nearly the pop had they popped him the surprise of him returning on, say, SmackDown on Fox. It's just a yeah. graphic. That was it. Yeah. All they had to do is post a graphic saying, next, CM Punk. Yep. Or you'll never guess who's coming back. And then do, like John said, the music, blah, blah. It's obviously there's some deliberate nature and some, you know, obvious uh, Vince tendencies and Triple H probably popping in there too. A little insecurity. Don't want to put punk over. But 49,000 people <laughs> watched the show the week before. Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, again, that, that was not an accident. Uh, and it shows you the childishness. You know, like, <laughs> okay. So, you know, we've talked about the franchise Mandela effect, right? Uh, the childishness of this is, and, and, and I can tell you what it is. You, Vince is thinking you had the stones, the balls to file a lawsuit against me. And now I'm being gracious enough to give you a job back, but I'm going to teach you who's still in charge. Mm -hmm. Great move, Vince. The kind of, that's again, genius, right? <laughs> <laughs> Technically well, speaking though, he could work for AEW right now because his deal is with Fox. I don't think he would, but he could technically work for AEW if he wanted Ooh, to. Now, wouldn't that be a twist? Wouldn't mm. that be a nice little... Hi, Vince. Hi, I don't know if you can tell what finger that is. <laughs> Hi, Vince. Here's a, this is called a receipt, Vince. The interesting part, though, is AEW supposedly made him an offer. Yeah. He declined it, so I guess it wasn't a big enough offer. I guess Fox apparently gave him a big offer, and... I don't know what he wants it to lead to, if he wants to lead his WWE wrestling return or not, but it is funny because AEW did give him an offer. If he were to revisit it, I think that would be kind of smart of him. He'd be in AEW and on Fox with WWE. He could wow. almost play himself off against both and even generate even more money for himself if he wanted to, but I don't know if that's his game plan or not. But let me let me just jump in for a second. Sorry, Shane. I just want to say one thing, though. It's like we, we all expect him to be a shill because that's what this show is. It's a fluff show. But if he shows up week two and is like, well, this sucks. The creative's terrible. Triple H is a goof. Vince is old. Like, if he, what if he does that? 
then is he getting the last laugh on WWE after all these years? Like, we don't know what to expect since he hasn't done it yet. But I think he's made AEW look pretty damn stupid, if you ask me. If he would do that, he'd have my undying respect. <laughs> hmm. Shane would be decked out next week in the, yeah, the punk, you know, the, the tape and everything. Great <laughs> Pepsi Cola, baby. <laughs> But like, where you know, where does it go from here? Well, now, He's now co-hosting with Renee. <laughs> they'll pull him out and put him on one of the shows. Yeah, they'll, they'll put him on one of the shows, and he'll get pop. Uh, but, but now, you know, this is what JP just said. You know, him being paid by Fox, you can see what Vince is thinking. Well, they're paying him. He's their their guy. You know, why should we give him some big formula thing? It's just uh, the, the thinking process here is. So, so cattywampus and so not wrestling so, and so not Vince. You know, what is it Steve Austin used to say? If Vince McMahon wants to get you over, he'll strap a rocket to your ass. I would dare say putting on a show with 49,000 people watching it after midnight probably ain't strapping a rocket to your ass. Right. What a and it's, it's interesting with Punk, though. Like, it almost seems like he's trying to be an announcer going forward. I don't think a lot of people realize this. He does MMA announcing. He's doing this. Is that what he wants to be, a WWE announcer? Does he want to be an MMA? Does he want to go to ESPN and work for UFC? I mean, I don't know. What like what? What's his end game in this? Is it possibly he wants to return, his wife wants to return to WWE and to wrestling? Who knows? It gives you leverage, right? Uh, but, but my guess is based off of what you just said, he wants to make a nice living and not take any bumps and God bless him for it. You think, you think what I'm thinking, I'm thinking we got to get the brain trust together here. We got to get a meeting with Fox for uh, a guest analyst on one of these shows. If they're, if it's not affiliated with WWE, I'd love to see a certain franchise walk through that same mm -hmm. <laughs> door as, uh, as CM Punk. What, what, is, what does that franchise guy know about wrestling? You can't, couldn't possibly do that. I mean, but that's, that is this what this role is? He's supposed to be an analyst, right? So there's two schools of thought. Okay. If he's an analyst. What are they going for? What kind of what kind of show is this? Is it just oh yeah, you know the new days? They're so great! Wow, what tag team prowess they have! Or are they going with like well, you know the uh, the angle doesn't really make sense, and the you know the story is not progressing the way it should be? Like what kind of analyst is he supposed to be? Is it a, is it a worked analyst? Is it a shoot analyst? Like what is he's a guy who does it? He he comes out and he does. Did you click the link that John sent? It, it, where it, yes. Okay, so he uses the Roddy Piper line. You know, just when you think they have the questions, I whatever you know what I'm trying to say. The, the, the classic. The he I changes the, the culture. Right. Instead of the questions, he changes the culture. Is he going to come out and be the guy we want him to be, or is he going to come out and just blow smoke up the ass? And that's if, I think that's what remains to be seen is the biggest question mark. If he does, if he comes out playing the shill for the WWE. And putting over the crappy angles and storylines and that sort of thing, he will have shot his reputation in the head. Yeah. Uh, so I would hope for his case he wouldn't. You know, he's 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 been away for a considerable period of time. He's he's the fans love him. He if he comes back now and uses that properly, he'll just grow his his reputation and his legend as opposed to coming out there and hey, this is the greatest show I've ever seen, and aren't these guys great? Blah blah blah. Uh, you know, sort of like, I, like I'm, I'm more envisioning something like we see, like with Jim Ross, right? When right, you know, he he, he gives his uh, shoot comments. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I I get more entertainment out of listening to Jim 
than I do watching the show there uh, in AEW. So, you know, Punk's got, he's got to figure out, unless there's something else to this, unless there is a second part of the contract that he is signed with WWE. Uh, but, you know, that uh, imagine, you know, back in the day, if you turned WWF on and Shane Douglas, the franchise, was sitting there doing commentary and saying, this is the greatest show I've ever seen. My God, these wrestlers are the greatest wrestlers I've ever seen. Uh, the fans would look at me and go, what the hell have you been drinking? You know? Uh, and, and I would say punk is like a more modern version. Uh, yeah. you know, his reputation has been to be straight with the fans. Uh, he's spoken his mind. The fans know that and respect him for it. If he goes out there now and plays shill just to earn a paycheck, he'll have shot his reputation right in the head. Crazy that uh, he's coming back on that show. I just keep thinking like, uh, it's so crazy. You think any of this is like, uh, you know, killing the guys at AEW? Him going with AEW, that would have been just a huge, huge shock. And I'm sure the ratings would have been better than what they are. I know they're 7-0 now, but I know that I think the ratings would have been even better. And that would have been, you know, another main event guy. They need main eventers. And he would have been another big main event guy with a big name. You think this just kills AEW going forward? I don't know if it kills them. It certainly gives them a black eye. You know, you, you get, you know, one of the biggest uh, returning stars uh, coming back to, to the to the to the business that he walked away from and said he'd never go back to. You know, with the kind of numbers we've heard Tony Khan thrown around, I'd be surprised if they didn't throw him a considerable number as well, because like you said it would give them another celebrity on on par, a star on par with Chris Jericho. And I think the fans will be pretty mm -hmm. excited to see what Punk can do in the ring now after five years away and being in, in MMA. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's, it was a huge mistake on their part if they didn't throw enough money to him. That doesn't mean they should say, okay, here's a blank check, write whatever you want. But That's what they should have done. Well, I don't know if it go that far, but, you know, again, like if, if the numbers that we're hearing are legitimate for the other people that we've heard, if those numbers are legitimate and they didn't throw him in excess of that or in the ballpark mm -hmm. of what Chris Jericho, then, then they're pretty unsavvy business people when it comes to this business. Uh, you know, so who knows? I mean, I, I, what I just said is all conjecture. I have no idea what they offered him. Uh, but if it wasn't enough to get him there when he was out there, you know, he's going to sign with somebody. So open the checkbook up, get him because right now, AEW, little secret, you need stars badly. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you, within the next year, he returns to wrestling mm -hmm. on one of the Saudi shows. Guarantee mm. you. They or, got the... Over WrestleMania. They got, I think even over WrestleMania, I think those Saudi shows have money coming out the ass, and they're going to throw some ridiculous number at him, and he would be stupid not to take it, and he's going to have some dream match that you never thought would ever happen back in Saudi Arabia within the next year. That'll be, I'm telling you, that, that that's what I see. Keep in oh, mind, though, those the, the prince who the prince who's booking the show, though, he may not even know who Punk is because he's an old school <laughs> fan. He knows all the old guys. But he might know. That might be why he knows who he is. Maybe he knows up to a certain point. Mm, you know, nice. and Shane, John made a great point when we were talking about this uh, last night. So, or I think it was last, he comes out, right? And he steps through the, this makeshift ring, ropes, whatever. One of his greatest opponents in his history is standing right there, basically like, nah, yeah, this guy. No stare down, 
no look, no double glance. You know the old Hogan Piper. Look out of the corner of the eye, no matter what you're doing. A guy like Samoa Joe, one of Punk's greatest opponents, in the ring, standing there, has to clap for him as he walks through a friggin' door into a fake ring in the middle of a, a production studio. Just it, yeah. it was so stupid. And John, I know you, you know, being the ROH mark that you are from back in the day, that's a huge damn pairing the two of those guys being face to face like that. Yeah, I was just thinking. I was like, look at Joe's face. Joe was, I guess, legit shocked that he was there. But, you know, they're not going to do anything with it. They always shit on Joe. Why is Joe even on that show to begin with? (laughs) I don't care if he's injured or not. That's just so stupid. Horrible use of him. They've screwed him over left and right. Didn't get his WrestleMania match with Cena, like, the three years in a row that he should have got it. Like, I don't know. They always screw him. So it's like, oh, just, just another thing to throw on there. His biggest rival, or one of his biggest rivals, CM Punk, returns, and they're not even going to pretend like they even know each other. They're they're going to make Joe clap and be a shill for him, and 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 try to put him over. It's just they they are clueless. And, and what harm would have been done if they did play off that that heat? Yeah, them? exactly. Uh, yep. It would have been compelling. It would have drawn interest in viewers. That had people buzzing online. So again. You know, this I'm not gonna be so kind to say, well, this is just a slip mistake by WWE or Vince or Hunter or whoever. This was a fuck up of monumental proportions in the way that they did it. Uh, you know, if that was a screw job to to receipt, uh, appear to receipt uh, uh, CM, but it was clearly a, a numbskull move and one that you know, then the other part that I got in watching the clip was when he walked up to the camera, uh, like he, he clearly hadn't cleared that before because the light was so bad. It was all no, terrible, and, terrible. Uh, you know, it, it just looked so podunk and so third rate. And I was thinking the same thing with Joe standing back there. Uh, you, you know, we used to say live our gimmicks, right? You know, so you, you make it as believable as you can. There was a reason why I didn't show up to Terry Funk's banquet. And that right. was not because of disrespect to Terry. I love Terry and we respect the world out of him. It was because the franchise would never play, pay homage or respect to another wrestler. He he would think that he should be the one being lauded, not somebody else. So living that gimmick, and it built heat. The fans kept coming back, and I can't believe you're such an asshole. You didn't show up to Terry Funk's. But guess what? That's what our job is. My job as a heel is to piss people off that, so they'll pay to come see Sabu, Taz, Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, somebody kick my ass. That's my job. Not to sit there and say, okay, well, let's drop all the kayfabe and now let's let's put Shane Douglas in a room showing respect to another wrestler. For what purpose? Take all the heat out of my character, like they did with Punk last night. Take all the steam and legitimacy out of Joe's character, which I think he's got a huge amount of legitimacy. And they've got him doing, you know, some kind of a job that it's like a turtle on his back. <laughs> And, you know, you've got a guy that's got just oozes legitimacy in every way, shape, and form. His look, his in-ring performances, everything. Who's he got heat with? Any, anybody that knows your history, Shane, knows if you're standing next to Tommy Dreamer, that shit could go down, okay? Yeah, right? <laughs> I still can't believe you didn't go to that banquet, though. I mean, Punk still mad at you. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Screw him. <laughs> Who'd he ever beat? Yeah, me. <laughs> Once or twice. That's true. A couple of times, if that. Yeah, just a few. But before we kind of get into the second part, because John wrote down a, a lot of cool little questions that we'll get into in a minute, uh, before we kind of talk about our little Harry's deal. Um, I just think it's funny, too, you know, 
NXT Wednesday nights. John mentioned seven and zero now for AEW over NXT. Yep. All it takes is for them to say, "Hey, there's going to be a special Fox crew back WWE backstage appearance of the guest analyst on the NXT programming," and literally, it makes AEW look stupid again. That's why I think AEW literally should have taken the con checkbook and literally placed it at the feet of CM Punk and been like. Whatever it takes, <laughs> just write it down. Whatever it takes, I we don't care because I don't know. You know this, Shane, but Tony Khan has his hand in just about everything that's going on with the AEW stuff uh, on air. Uh, we could talk about that in a couple minutes, but uh, again, all it takes is them to say, "Hey, the WWE backstage crew is here at NXT filming." Oh, look, CM Punk's in the crowd. Whole entire audience flips over to see what's happening. Sure, sure. Well, what it tells me is, you know, we've been talking about it before. You know, how, you know, how much money are the cons going to invest in this, that sort of thing? Seems to me that the bean counters are already being a little bit stingy. Um, so somebody in the accounting department said, ooh, we can't afford that. Look at the numbers. And, you know, the, the business model hasn't gone to where we, 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 I mean, you know, for somebody who's been in the business as long as I have, you can look at something like that and you can see it pretty clearly. Uh, you know, CM Punk, I'm sure if they, if you said to Tony Khan, would you love to have CM Punk? I'm sure the answer would be absolutely, I mean, unless he's an idiot. Um, so why they would not have thrown in the same ballpark as Jericho, if not more, uh, because, you know, Mm -hmm. that would get a lot of eyeballs tuning in to see it. And the fact that the fans know that there's all that legitimate heat between Vince, WWE and CM Punk, they, they, they let all that slip right through their fingers, AEW. So just a bonehead move, just an absolute bonehead move. What about the like the punk side of it? He got fired, technically speaking, on his wedding day. He went through a long litigation process against him. They sued him. You know what I mean? That for what was it, five hundred thousand dollars or counter suit? I mean, a ton of money. What What about that? Did you put any kind of credence into that at all? Because it's just one of those things. It's like, wow. Not only is it shocking he returned. Look at all that shit that they put him through. Yeah. Well, and, and trust me, that's the kind of thing that Vince, like, I don't expect to get a Christmas card from Vince this, this year because I had the audacity to sign on to a lawsuit for me and my family's better uh, betterment uh, for what's rightful, due, rightfully due to us. How dare I look out for me and my family? So if Vince is going to be pissed off about that and not send the franchise a Christmas card this year, Again, uh, I'm pretty sure he's, he's got a little bit of animosity towards CM. Uh, so, you know, this this just has, a, 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 on both sides, bonehead move. Bonehead that, w, that AEW didn't make the move for him, give him the money that he wanted to come there uh, to perform, unless he doesn't want to perform. Uh, again, conjecture. And a bonehead move that WWE puts him on a show with 49,000 people watching it instead of SmackDown. That is a Fox entity. So mm-hmm. if you're a Fox executive, if, if I was, I'd be saying, hmm, why did Vince put him on FS1 and not Fox Sports on on Friday night and see if they can get that rating back up close to that $3 million that we've been hoping for and been nowhere close since the first week? Because those dweeby guys are too busy getting selfies with him. <laughs> That's yeah. why. Yeah. There was one. I saw one of the guys uh, – Somebody related to the brand might have, you know, kind of smartened everybody up to who those Fox executives are. 
and I saw one of them pop up in one of the uh, the backstage videos that they posted on online, and it's like he was in the background. And it's like, man, it's like you know, like it's really it's what it's all about. It's just putting yourself in front of that camera just to get your your two seconds of recognition or just to tell your buddies like hey i was behind uh, samoa joe while he was talking about cm punk but that's who's programming these things now you know it's not ted turner sitting in the top of the cnn center signing a couple checks and being like oh you guys got two hours now on uh, tnt yeah. uh do do good bring in some ad revenue <laughs> you know like it's long long gone are those days and that seems like it's a perfect break in the action. As we mentioned earlier in the show, we are brought to you today by our new sponsor, Harry's. And if you head on over to harrys.com slash triple threat, not only are you going to be uh, taking advantage of a great holiday offer, you're going to be changing somebody else's life for the better uh, and giving them probably the best shave they're ever going to have. Because now, Shane, we've partnered with Harry's for this uh, holiday promotion. We're talking about the Harry's holiday gift sets. That, I mean, we could talk about all the things that the razors do, the the shave cream, the post-shave balm, but I'm going to do you one better here, Shane. This right here is the Harry's Holiday Gift Set. Oh, nice. nice. Okay. Why does Shane have that? Why do you have that? Well, this is headed to Shane. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get a chance to send it to him yet. So there you go. And he's not home, so he wouldn't be able to take advantage Ah, of it. True, true. Which which it works out fine. But when Shane gets back to Pittsburgh, Shane's going to have a nice uh, Harry's gift set waiting for him. And I guess if I I was to kind of put it this way, I'd say I think we're all kind of tired of getting the same old holiday gifts. The gift cards, the socks, the ties, the underwear, you know, the the nondescript T-shirt. Get something you want. Get something that somebody else might actually need and want you pick up a Harry's gift set. Because what you got your razor, you got your shave cream, your post-shave balm, your five blade razors. Harry's does it all and they're putting it in this nice little gift package where if you go to Harry's.com slash triple threat, you get five dollars off and free shipping, Shane. Well, you know, first of all, as the fans know, I've I've never endorsed anything in my career. Uh, the things I've spoken pro about are things that I believed in. I don't just take something and, and say, okay, hey, they're going to pay us, so let's just go ahead and read it. Uh, uh, in fact, we've had how many, you know, inquire on the show. I actually had bought my son a Harry's Razor when he went to college this fall. And, uh, you know, it was way cheaper than, you know, I bought Gillette uh, blades. They were good, but they were incredibly expensive, about $38 for, I think, four or eight of them or whatever it was. So I bought my son this Harry set, and he's been raving about how great it is. And then, of course, Harry's, like I said at the top of the show, sent out these sets for us to use. And I tried it, and I'm thinking it's going to be about the same. I, I was really shocked at what a great job it did, and how how you know how well built it was, how smooth it was, how easy to use it was. And because the head of the blade is is much bigger than like a regular razor, like the, it's, it's about twice as big as the Gillette blades. Uh, did a fantastic job. It was really, really a nice uh, system. So when they came back and said they wanted to uh, advertise on the show, I was excited about it because my son has raved about it. Uh, after getting the product and using it myself, th- thinking it's a fantastic product. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited about having Harry's here. It's not only a national brand, but it's a damn good brand. And now we get a chance to give the fans a great opportunity to buy their own for their loved ones and get a hell of a deal doing it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the perfect gift for the holidays. It's a practical gift. Anybody would want a razor set. I mean, you, you'll end up buying one, like you said. You, I don't know your story. You went from store to store looking for the right razor, and you ended up with the Harry's. But, John, you know, I know it's uh, it's difficult to find a razor to fit somebody who's got such a coiffed, manicured beard like you do. But with the five-blade razor technique, I think that Harry's could, uh, could kind of trim that bad boy that yes. you've got there sitting on the front of your face. Because did you know that Harry's actually owns its own German blade factory and they actually inspect every single blade that goes into every single razor. It's pretty yep. impressive. It's pretty impressive. And I know me myself for many reasons, I guess you just become a hairy guy. I always like to keep the beard at all times, but around the beard, this section here, the, you know, right above the beard, then below the beard, it's very hairy. So not a lot of razors out there are good for me, but Harry's is absolutely perfect. A little bit of sensitive skin. It's just like the perfect combination. And Shane, you're right. So many razors out there are so goddamn expensive. It's nuts. But Harry's perfectly affordable, perfectly great. And I love that not only will I be able to, you know, get something for myself, but I can actually give a gift to my brother, give a gift to my dad for the holiday season. It's uh, not just the generic cheesy crappy gift you always give every year you know what i mean yeah something great thank you you talked about the german uh the german factory and everybody knows you know the quality that goes into german uh products uh it's also uh it has a 100 percent money back guarantee if you don't like it uh what i especially liked about the razors was for like the sideburns it has the trimmer edge on the back side of the much larger head on the on the cartridge itself uh, the trimmer blade uh, for sideburns and those hard to reach places uh, that JP was talking about. The lubricating strip, it also comes with a, uh, a plastic head, like a ceiling head that covers it up so that, as we were informed when we had our call with Harry's, uh, keeps the blades dry between sets, keeps them from rusting, and that causes them to go dull. So I've been using this one every day for what, the last two, three weeks? And it's as sharp. It was as sharp this morning as it was the first time I used it. Great, great product. Yeah, and as a special offer for as a special offer for fans of the Triple Threat Podcast, we partnered with Harry's to give you five dollars off any shave set, including the limited edition holiday set. That if you're watching our video presentation, I've already showed you that. But when you go to Harry's.com/slash Triple Threat, you get free shipping. And just remember, with every shave set, it comes with a weighted handle. With an option to engrave, Shane, which I know they told us they got to do that by December 16th if yep. you want to get the engraving in because the free shipping is actually included on that, but you got to get it done by December 16th. You get the five-blade razor cartridges, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, travel cover to protect your blades, packaged in a handsome holiday gift box, or if you just want something for yourself, redeem a Harry's trial offer to experience the quality of shade before committing. And just head to harrys.com slash triple threat. Again, it's harrys.com slash triple threat. $5 off, free shipping. If you want to make somebody actually happy during the holidays and you don't want to feel guilty when you give a gift to somebody, give them the gift to Harry's. They will not uh, They will not be upset when you, uh, when you pack up your stuff and leave for the evening. They will actually be thanking you in the morning. So, with that being said, free shipping and handling, five dollars off. You can't beat it. 
You can't beat it. So with that being said, Very we cool. want to, yeah, you got to help us out, take advantage of this offer, and maybe Harry's uh, stays around for a little while. We'll be talking about Harry's in the weeks to come as well. But definitely take advantage of this from uh, your friends here at the Triple Threat Podcast. Uh, so as we move on with the show, John laid out for us kind of a, like a yellow brick road of uh, shocking guys, returns. Guys, hold on, hold on. Oh, oh, uh, shocking returns. We were talking about CM Punk and his shocking return. Kind of where does it stand in the pantheon of returns and the history of the returns? Bret Hart in 2010 was pretty damn shocking. Maybe the most shocking Shane, what do you think like if you can think of some shocking returns where does the punk kind of rank and maybe the bret hart one may be a little bit more shocking because of uh, obviously the montreal screw job his brother dying in in the WWE ring but what do you think about shockers well i mean that, that's obviously right at the top of the, the list right i would say uh you know uh hogan returning after you know the, the the ill-timed and comments that were made, uh, uh, you know, obviously controversy and controversy in our business sells. But, you know, again, how we talked about at the top of the show, putting punk on where 49,000 pitching it, you know, just by proxy of that alone, pulled him out of being in that ballpark of those, you know, those, uh, you know, big all-time shocking returns. And now made it. Oh, he's not even a WWE wrestler. He's a he's a pundit for Fox, and forty nine thousand people watched him and couldn't see his face because he was all blacked out. <laughs> it's really piss poor attempt at at, at at doing this. And you know, one of the most shockingly, I'll tell you what it does win. It wins hands down the most shockingly ill handled return of all time. Hey, I got punk lighting now. Mm. Do you see? <laughs> you see? No, you, I, I can still <laughs> see you. Hang on, I got the punk. Yeah, you can still see your face, so it's probably <laughs> not, as, not as bad. Hold on, here I'll do. I'll do my imitation. Ready? Let's see. We'll let's see if I can find the. Here we go. We'll go over here, and we'll do this. Uh, <laughs> not, still too dark. Still I, I guess. Yeah, Brett probably <laughs> would. Brett would take the cake, obviously, because of what was going on. But how about this, though? If you recall. Brett was brought back to combat TNA going to Monday nights. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's like, we all, I mean, we can kind of laugh at that in retrospect, <laughs> but you know, that's almost as much of a whimper as punk coming back on a, on a C rate recap show. It's coming back to the, the TNA uh, Monday night war. Now you were gone from TNA at that point, right? You weren't there for the, uh, the, the Hogan Bischoff era, right? No, I was gone before that. So you laughing at that from the sidelines, like uh, that they're going to Monday nights and Bret Hart's coming back on WWE TV? Yeah, well, the, the thing that I found shocking about it was, you know, I had interacted with Dixie Carter, and she would just about every time she talked to me, ask me, like, for one piece of advice, one important thing. And I told her, you are attempting to build the next new company. The last thing you need is a bunch of stars from yesteryear. It doesn't matter how big their names are or whatever else. And I warned her of specific people only being concerned of their paycheck and not giving a damn if you made a return on your money or not. Take it and then go on the run whenever they were done. And that was exactly what happened with those guys. So, you know, did she, she comes by her pity honest enough. Uh, <laughs> 
name of Dixie Carter, you know, not taking the advice of, of how many people that were there, not just me, a lot of people that were there telling her not to do this. And yet that's exactly what she did. Uh, so to go to Monday nights against, it'd be like AEW now, right? We talked about the fans that give the appearance that everybody on the planet's talking about AEW. Um, go ahead to have a Vince and see what happens. Not that Vince shows that great. He's the known brand. He's a worldwide multinational corporation. He's a multi-billion dollar company that's been around forever. There isn't a wrestler doesn't know the name WWE. Uh, so there's no chance that right now AEW could beat head to head. That could change if they would do some of the right stuff that we've talked about before. Uh, but as of right now, they can't even garner a million fans per week consistently. They can no way go against the WWE. So TNA and Dixie Carter's infinite wisdom think that she's going to go to Monday night. And I guess because it's Monday night and it's another company, we'll just be in there. We saw the ratings just like a toilet flushing. Uh, you know, there were a few people that could have told her that was going to happen. Now, if they stayed where they were, I believe they were on Thursday night at that point. And let's just say Hogan Bischoff never came in and then that never happened. Let's in some bizarre world. It just never happened. Where do you think they would have gone from there? You think they would have had any momentum just by building that audience on a separate night with the crew that, you know, you would have known when you were there, you know, kind of intact, maybe minus one or two people. Uh, Where do you think they would have gone had they not switched to Monday? Well, they were on at that time. uh, I think they were still on Spike at that time, weren't they? Yeah. You know, to me, Spike was probably the best network outlet for wrestling. Uh, You know, it was network, that sort of thing. But they had still mishandled so many other guys like let's take bobby Roode for instance they break him off from team canada bobby really knows my feelings about bobby i think he's a stud he was a stud then and when they broke him off from team canada it was because they recognized that he was a stud and they broke him off and beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him and then scratching their head going well i thought this guy was over well <laughs> you know Nobody, again, Steve Austin's comment, you know, strap a rocket to the ass. Beating a wrestler is not strapping a rocket to the ass. This doesn't happen by osmosis, and it doesn't happen just because the company now says, you're the stud. It it happens because you're built into that position and you draw to that position. And after you get that monster push, you draw. So they had him and so many others that were there so grossly mishandled. The natural's another one. Uh, that were grossly mishandled. So what would have happened is exactly what happened, whether they went against Vince or didn't go against Vince. Uh, The one hot commodity they had earlier than that was the X Division. Fans everywhere were talking about the X Division. What do they do? Break it up and let's put all the X Division guys in the heavyweight division and we'll just sort of melt them in. Uh, You know, I'm sure there's college universities around the country that are holding classes about how not to launch a company and build a, co- a television company because it was so grossly mishandled from the management to the presentation of the product. And, and it, look, it wasn't for lack of resources. Uh, Panda Energy had plenty of resources. It wasn't for lack of talent. TNA had plenty of talent. Uh, it wasn't for lack of having people to tell you what direction to go. Left, right, up, down, stop, do this, don't do that. They had plenty of that. The one thing that killed it all was a woman named Dixie Carter that thought she knew better 
than guys that had 30 years experience at the time, 40, 50 years in Terry Funk's case, uh, 30 years in Mick Foley's case, 30 plus years in Jeff Jarrett's case. And yet she would take it the direction she wanted to every time and then come back in two weeks and say, uh, you were right. Now, how do we fix it? And wouldn't take that advice. And this was, it went on and on and on every single tape. And like to where it was like a running joke. Crazy. And that's almost 10 years ago. And I really remember that night being one of the last like nights as a fan. I remember really looking forward to, cause you kind of torn, you got Brett coming back, you know, they're going to have the Shawn Michaels square down, square off. And you got Hogan and company on the other show. Really was missing the franchise. Really, we had uh, we we had everybody. John, I remember we were at my house. It was a big. We had a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. A bunch of people yep. came over. It was a big, uh, big night. You could have been partying with us, Shane, ten years ago. What a, what an ill timed move that was. Uh, uh, you know, I understand the reason to go, but you don't aspire to play in the Super Bowl when you're still at Warner. Uh, and that's exactly what Dixie Carter and, and TNA was. It was nowhere near ready to compete head to head. It doesn't matter what names you had. If you've got a grossly mismanaged company, you're you're going to fail. And that's what exactly ha- happened. I see the Naturals should have had maybe a longer run paired with another blonde-haired uh, Dynamo in that uh, that company, taking him well, taking them they, to new heights. <laughs> when they put me with them, it was because Chris Candido had, had unfortunately right. passed yep. away in right. a horrific accident. And uh, they wanted me to manage because of the connection with Chris and I, the triple threat. And I was intent on it, not just being okay. Now I step in and they start winning and make it look like Chris was not good. So right. I was given the task of writing a storyline out. I did. And it was exactly as we played it out until uh, Chase knocked me on my ass in the ring and walked out. That was the franchise's way of building that killer. And finally they have it. That was never explained. From the point that he knocked me on my ass and they left, you didn't see me at ringside with them anymore. And they got beat the next week, beat the week after that, and three or four weeks later, beat by the Dudleys for some unknown reason coming in. And then in the, in the production meeting, there was a discussion about how these kids aren't over. Well, no shit, they're not over. <laughs> you haven't gotten them over, and you've beaten them every single week. So I told, I said it, in, it was one of the only times I ever spoke in a production meeting. I said, that's on us. We screwed that up. Don't blame the kids for that. Yeah, it was a great team. I mean, they, they, that was one thing that they definitely had was some damn good tag teams at that point in DNA. And that's, again, it's a wish the people that are watching AEW and, and NXT now watch TNA then on, a, on that big level, you know, instead of it being that, like, you know, not, almost like at that point, like a bastard child that only the inside fans knew about. Wish, uh, Right. I wish the people would. But all right, let's uh, let's start to head into the wrap up here. JP's going to be uh, kind of giving the rundown. What's going on in the Empire this week, JP? A lot of stuff, a lot of shows, a lot of podcasts. A uh, recovering Queen of Extreme still producing content while on the shelf, which is amazing. Um, She's hardcore. She's <laughs> hardcore. But what's going on in the Empire this week, JP? She is recovering now, but there is an episode of her podcast with Selena De La Renta from MLW. So check that out. Also this week on JJ, the JJ Dillon podcast. It's all about the senior VP of talent relations and his time in the WBF. Kind of deep dive a little bit into Arn and Tully leaving, Flair coming in, and leading up to WrestleMania 8. So 
definitely uh, look forward to that. And as far as the flagship show, the two-man power trip, Vicky Guerrero joins the show for a great episode and a nice little chat. So pretty busy week um, in the world of the empire. That is TMPTEmpire.com. And next weekend, nice. next weekend, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, mm. the icons of wrestling, the, the triple threat podcast in full effect. The franchise will be in the building, the building he made famous. And we're going to have a, a special photo that was submitted. Uh, we will show next week. Um, that uh, I'm very, uh, it's, it's a very nice photo, Shane. We're going to give the full shout out and the full thanks next week for uh, for the icons of wrestling next weekend. Philadelphia, PA, the 23rd. You can go to tmptempire.com. We got all the info up there uh, to meet the franchise in the building he made famous. As long as you know where it is, that's the only thing. As as, don't, just don't forget where it is. Just, just make sure corner you get there. Of, uh, <laughs> corner of Maple and Elm. No, corner of, <laughs> corner of Main Street and Second Avenue. No, that's not it either. It's the corner of Swanson and Rittner. Come on, every yes. restaurant town on the planet knows that. Yes. I was trying to think of what's the uh, the jewelry guy from Philly. Um, Steven uh, Singer. Steven Singer. Yeah, Steven Singer Jewelry. Oh, the Tom other Gordon too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Steven Singer is the other side of whatever the street he's on. I I, I forget it off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, all that stuff going on in, in the Empire this week. Uh, again, Francine recovering from her surgery, but put in six weeks worth of shows in the can just to make sure she had everybody uh, up to uh, up to date and, and happy and satisfied, and wishing her a speedy recovery. It's a uh, it's a long road ahead, but she's uh, she's making it uh, slowly but surely. So. All the uh, the best to the Queen of Extreme. Now, in terms of the plugs, I had a little bit of a name change here, Shane. We're going to talk about Joe Biden? <laughs> oh, you mean our plugs. I oh, yes. Yeah. Plugs. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a little bit of a Twitter name change. Gone is the Pal. Emerging is the at Chad E&B. Just trying to simplify it, mm. make it a little more easy to find. At Pal is just... It has run its course. I'm just not a fan of it anymore. So I had to go to the, go to the name, it? Chad E&B. Yeah, yeah. So about. it's at Chad E&B, at Two Man Power Trip, and at the Franchise SD. If you want to hit up the show, it's at the Three Threat Pod. Please, if you're listening to this or watching this, take advantage of this Harry's offer. It's harrys.com slash triple threat. Uh, you will not be disappointed this holiday season, whether it's for yourself or it's for a family member. Buy this gift set. It is awesome. I mean, I'm looking at it out of the corner of my eye. Here it is again. Look. Here it is. There's the gift set. Harry. Well, that's, that's, that's full of day set, but they also keep in mind that if you they have the single uh, you know, the single handle with the one blade that's only regular, like $8, you get it for less than 4 It's like three yeah. thing with free shipping. With free and shipping. So anything they have, uh, $5 off and free shipping and handling and you know, the only like you said, make sure if you want it engraved to get it in there, or if you want it delivered by Christmas to have it have your sixteenth, because again, not their issue. The U.S. Postal Service just can't handle the, the massive mail at that time. So December sixteenth, and you can get yourself a one of the greatest raises in the world for about three bucks. Very nice. Look at that beautiful Harry's logo. I think I might name another child Harry. I love that name. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful logo, beautiful name. But uh, Shane, you wrestled in Detroit here on a lovely Thursday night as we're recording this. But what else is going on in the world of the franchise? Uh, this 
week. And it's going to be a nice weekend off for the franchise, getting ready to uh, for the holiday season. Got to get the, the franchise's nuclear blast-proof pad ready for the holidays and spending uh, the weekend with my sons and going to be a cooking fool this weekend. I haven't been able to cook for quite a while, so I'm going to make up a great big batch of the franchise's uh, gravy in, in Philadelphia, would say in Pittsburgh. And maybe I'm going to try my hand at a little also buco. So oh. we're going to give it a try. We'll oh. do something fancy. Fancy schmancy there. Jeez. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up I'm here for a boy RD hat. I'm going to put my son and my apron and maybe not. All right. Maybe not. Just maybe a not. black and gold t shirt. ProWrestlingTees.com slash franchise SD. Black and gold t shirt. Go get it. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Let's wrap it up here. Nice episode 116 in the books. Appreciate everybody for listening, watching, and uh, heading over to harrys.com slash triple threat. So, Shane, I hand it over to you. Take this show out of here, and let's get out uh, unscathed for another week of the Triple Threat Podcast. Well, this is the only place you're going to find out how the WWE grossly mishandled the CM Punk return. This is the only place that's going to give it to you the way you should hear it, live and in living color. Tune in next week, and you'll have no idea what other nuggets of wisdom will throw in your lap. Do it next week, or get your ass (laughs) franchised. (laughs) The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.